0: This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. We can the world. We can the world. Now, here's Sue Freeze.
1: Thank you so much for listening to The Sue Free Show. Thank you so much for tuning in, whether you're in San Diego or Ventura or L.A., Orange County, Santa Maria and up the coast and all over the world via Internet. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want to share this, you can do that by uh, letting people know about the Sue Freeze site. Sue Freeze, spelled like fries, whenword dot com. Go there and you can listen to podcasts at your leisure. You can listen whenever you like. And there's different topics, 10 years and then some, of different topics that can encourage, inspire, help, uh, you know, just help you. Help you with whatever is going on. Um, God is good and God is there and he never sleeps. He's always awake and ready to listen. It's a wonderful place uh, to know that you have him there for you. So today's message is on how do you know it's God? How do you know, you know, if you pray and you're working out details on something that's going on in your life, and there's a lot going on in our lives right now, isn't there? And some of it we have control over, and so much of it we do not. And it is important for each and every one of us to get the facts. Uh, You know, don't close your eyes, don't close your heart, and definitely do not close your mind. Uh, You were given that mind, you were given that heart for a reason, and God wants you to use it. So in your process of uh, doing your due diligence and getting the knowledge you need in order to live your best life, just know... Uh, That God is there and he's in the midst of everything. So when I'm praying and I'm thinking about all the things that are coming at me, along with everything that's coming at you, we do have the ability to have discernment over what we're hearing, because not all of it is truth. And we know not all of it is truth. And therefore, what is not truth is deception. So we need to really, really, really pay attention and understand that there's a lot of things being said, a lot of things even on video that you think if you can see it that it's real, but it's not. So beware, pay attention, get your facts, and make your decisions based on the facts. When I was thinking about this show today, I was thinking about how do you know when you pray? How do you know that it's really God? How do you know when you're you're in line with what God wants you to do. How do you know? And so I found uh, some articles and whatnot. This one happens to be from, um, I'm borrowing it from a teaching from Rick Warren. And uh, these are additional questions to ask yourself for discerning application to your life. So here we go. Ideal test. This is the question you can ask yourself. Is this in harmony with God's word? Is this in harmony with God's word? For many decisions, the Bible offers instructions or a clear principle to follow. When you're making a decision, consider whether God's words speak directly to what you should do. I know when I was an early Christian, when I was really early, I wasn't sure where to look in the Bible to find the answers. And we're thinking about today's issues and how could they be in the Bible. But so many times it might not be exact word for word and exactly what you're experiencing. But the principle is there. And if we read and get in his word, then it's easier for us to discern whether that principle is one you want to follow or not. Integrity test. The first was ideal test. The second one is integrity test. And here's the question you can ask yourself. Would I want everyone to know about this decision that I'm making? That's a really good one, isn't it? Would I want everyone to know? When you're a person of integrity, who you are on the inside matches the person you are on the outside. Who you are in private is the same as who you are in public. I've told people before, you know, who you are when no one's looking is who you really are. I heard someone else say that, and it's so true, isn't it? Who you are when no one is looking is who you really are. Improvement test. Here's a question. Will this make me a better person? So when you're deciding what to do, if you're deciding, you know, should I do this or should I do that? If one of them is going to improve and make you a better person, then more than likely that would be the choice you would want to make. And these are choices that we make. Sometimes it's just habits that we're used to doing a certain way. And if we just tweak that up a little bit and change our habits. For instance, I have a friend that I met today and I said, looks like you're losing a little weight. What are you doing? And he goes, diets don't work for me. The word diet just doesn't work for me. And I said, well, what are you doing? He goes, well, instead of having a soda I have now, I have iced tea with no sugar. It's a simple thing, but over time, that's going to make a difference. And that's the kind of choices we need to make for improvement. Independence test. Could this begin to control and dominate my life? How many times have we made a decision to where that decision started controlling or dominating? Even if something isn't bad on the surface, it's bad for you if it becomes an addiction. Christ is the only one who deserves control in your life. Christ is the only one. That's really good right there for a lot of people that are um, codependent even. Another one, influence test. Will this harm other people? Will this harm other people? I want to make this. I really want to do this. I so badly want to do this. But you know, if I do that, it could harm so-and-so. If I do that, it's going to feel good for a moment. But the ripple effect is going to cause all of this damage over here. Investment test. Is this the best use of my time? It's not a money investment. It's a time investment. And what is money? It's an exchange of time, isn't it? We exchange our time for money. So we need to think about how we're using our time I have a confession to make. I have now gotten involved in a Netflix. Yes, me. I'm I'm in Netflix right now and I have to tell you it, the the show I'm watching is Heartland and I'm so stuck and I know I am. I know I am and I'm I'm doing it anyway, but I'm I'm binge watching, which I didn't even know that term before. I'm binge-watching this show. It's all horsey, and there is no foul language, and it's very family-oriented, and it just gives me warm warm and fuzzies all the time. And there's life lessons in this show all the time, and I'm thinking, how sweet is that? How special is that? And I smile, and it just lets me kind of get out of the moment and get out of my day. But is it the best use of my time? Last night, I'm going to confess again, I said, I'm just going to clean my room, and I'm going to turn this channel on, and I'm going to watch. And guess what? I ended up turning that channel on, and I watched for, I'm not even going to tell you how long. And I didn't get very much of my room cleaned, and uh, I, I wished I would have been a little more diligent in that area. So I'm just being real with you right now, and <laughs> some of you can relate, and some of you are going, what are you wasting your time talking about that for right now? I know what you're talking about. But we do need to think about how we're investing our time. And here's what it says. You don't have time for everything, and God doesn't expect you to do everything. Figure out the mission God has for you. Invest your time in that. I had a meeting with one of my office staffs today, and she's very quiet, very diligent. She gets a lot done, but she has more than she can handle right now, and she's having trouble asking for help. Does that resonate with any of you? Uh, do we have trouble asking for help? And I sat her down and I said, here's what I'm seeing. Here's the return on investment I'm getting with you where you're at right now. And I'm saying to her, I know that you could accomplish more if you focused on those areas that you're really, really good at. And I'm here to ask you who you believe would be helpful to bring on alongside you so that you could train them and they could help you in the tasks that are slowing you down. And she gave me a couple of names and we went back and forth about how, you know, everybody would fit in and all that. And we kind of decided, uh, you know, take this, keep that, whatever. And we have to do that, don't we? In, in, uh, in any type of job, Uh, or responsibilities whether it's in church or your home life with your children or even your husband wife situation okay you take out the trash and i'm going to do dinner or i'll do dinner and you do the dishes or i will do the shopping and and we divide up uh, our areas and you know it's nice when everybody can do those things they like doing because it gives you more pleasure and sometimes when you have three or four people in the room It's nice when you can find a person that would like to do all the duties that you don't want to do or you're not good at. And usually they go together, don't they? Usually it's when you're not good at something, then you don't like doing it. I found that to be true for me anyway. And those things I excel in, I enjoy because it feels much better to excel than it is to not, doesn't it? Anyway, so that meeting was this morning. And it's the same type of thing as investing your time where you can get the most out of that time, you being a maximizer, but also how we can get it done, you know, And, and if you've got multiple people, see, God did not create us all equal or all with the same gifts. Everybody is different and it's there for a reason. So let's utilize the gifts that God has given us because there's a purpose in there and we want to fulfill that purpose. I said we're not equal, and maybe I shouldn't be saying that we're not equal, and so I want to just take that out and say that we're not the same is what I meant. We're not all built the same. Our value is the same. Our value is the same with our Heavenly Father, and each one of us has value, and we all bleed the same. We all feel, and we have have happy times and sad times, and we all need each other. We all need each other. So I apologize for saying it's not all equal because that's really not correct. So the next part of this is um, some scriptures. uh, And this is from the Purpose Driven Life because I am about purpose. The show is about purpose. And here's what it says. Rick Warren leads in his book, Purpose Driven Life with It's Not About You. Mother Teresa says, if you are humble, Nothing will touch you, neither praise nor disgrace, because you know what you are. In Matthew 5, this is what Jesus said. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will seek God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The world wants us to focus on ourselves, and Christ wants our selflessness. I know I am at my best when I am a great giver, and you are too. I pray your light will shine bright on those around you. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, and we are on the flagship station of KKLA 99.5, and we have the San Diegans at K praise listening right now, and we have uh, the word... in Ventura, the Venturians. We have Orange County, L.A. with KKLA. And then we have KUHL, Secular Radio, uh, up in Santa Maria. And then there's other stations, too, that I've kind of lost count, actually. And I apologize for not knowing the numbers and the the call letters. But I'm so grateful and humbled to know that um, this show is is going out. And uh, hopefully it's reaching people in the heart. You know, um, when I was asked to do the show over 10 years ago, I, I said to the person, I said, are you crazy? First of all, and then I said, um, you know, how am I going to fit this in when I'm already working 16 hour days? And there's no doubt I was working 16 hour days. And what am I going to talk about? And what am I going to call it? So all all these things work themselves out because God really had a purpose that he wanted to have fulfilled. Now, I could have chosen not to do this because I was working 16 hours and because I was fearful to not have enough to talk about or because I just couldn't figure out a name. But I knew that if this was what God wanted, then I did not want to let him down and I wanted to do his will. I had a uh, recent uh, person reach out to me on com because I welcome any constructive criticism and this person said that I don't use the name Jesus. And so I listened to the show that he was referring to, and I, I, I don't understand, he must have got distracted every time I used the name Jesus, because I, I, I love my Heavenly Father, I do say Jesus, I say God, I say Holy Spirit, because it's my world. I, I don't know another way. This is the way I live, and this is this is me. And so I was a little shocked with that. And um, I welcomed him. I wanted to have a, a real conversation, not a text or an email. But I wanted to have a real conversation, and maybe he's listening right now. And I'm not going to say names because that's not important. What's important is, you know, if, if, if there's something I'm doing that's causing um, someone to think, and, can, and there's conviction and whatnot, and people get upset because they feel convicted, I can live with that as long as I'm doing God's will. But if I'm offending people and doing it without even knowing, I would want someone to let me know that because I would want to correct that. Like the Holy Spirit gave me a little nudge on the earlier comment. It's like I I need to know that I'm doing things according to the will of God. I, I want to do that. I do. And am I perfect? No. Will I fall short? Yes. It says it right in the Bible. We all fall short of the glory of God, that we will all sin. It's just our nature that we're going to do that. But our goal, our desire should be to be more like Jesus. We want to be more like him. And how do we do that? We need to know who he is. In order for us to be more like him, you've got to know who he is. Isn't that amazing? But it is so true. So I've got another article here, and it's written by Aretha Grant. uh, And uh, it's about... Things God's voice will never say to you. Have you ever heard someone say, and then I heard a voice or I just got this little like inside my head voice. I've got this. I've I've had this before. And, you know, you question it. You know, is this really, is this really you, God? So here's some things that God won't. He won't say. He will never say to you. God's voice will never deny Jesus Christ. He will never deny it. And here's scripture for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's probably the most famous scripture in the entire Bible. John 316, which happens to be on the bottom of every in and out cup. As sure as we are that Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man, that he is God's son and that salvation comes only through belief in him. Many others are convinced otherwise. There are voices in the world trying to convince Christians that Jesus is not the only way to God and heaven. Did you hear that? Jesus is the only way to God and heaven. Rest assured, any voice that tells you there are other avenues to God isn't from the Lord. Thus, God will never ask you to place your faith in another Savior. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? That's pretty straightforward. I mean, there's no guessing there on, on um, you know, the hierarchy or, or what is. Number two, God's voice will never demean nor demoralize you. Did you hear that? God is not going to shame you. He's not going to shame you. He's not going to demean you. People will. Even people who said they are followers of God will. I've had this personally. I know this firsthand because we fall short. People fall short, but God's voice will never do this for they disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good so that we may share his holiness. Hebrews twelve ten. God will convict believers. God will rebuke and reprove us. He will even chastise us. However, he will never demean nor demoralize his children. He will never put you down, nor will he intentionally hurt you. God loves us, and he pours that love upon us as a loving father would. Any voice that demeans you isn't of God. Good to know. Number three, God's voice will never instruct you to sin. That's an easy one, isn't it? He will never tell you to do something that's not according to his plan. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Romans 6, 1, 2. God's voice won't entice you to sin. He won't tell you it's okay to live a sinful lifestyle. If you're hearing a voice encouraging you to commit sin, rest assured that voice does not belong to our Father. For example, the Bible tells us to honor our parents. Not to fornicate and not to lie to one another. If you believe God is telling you to dishonor your parents, that's that it's okay to fornicate and to lie to someone. Rest assured, those instructions aren't being spoken to you from the heart of God. Boy, does that hit home to me right now. To honor thy father, honor thy mother. How do you honor them? How do you honor your parents? You definitely don't lie to them. For sure. Number four, God's voice will never cause division between brethren. A false witness who pours out lies and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Proverbs six nineteen. See, so God's voice is never going to cause division. I don't know about you, but I think there's a lot of division going on right now in our world. You know, divided we fall. United we stand. And there is a force, a big force. And it's a planned force. Hear me out. There's a planned force right now to divide us, to fight, to fight. I have two little chickens right now, and they are the best of friends. They cuddle up at night, and they're just, you know, all warm and cozy. And the next morning, I open up this little coop. They get out, and they're face-to-face, just beak-to-beak. And then they fly up and fly down, and it's like they're challenging each other. And I know they're playing. But it almost looks like they love each other as long as they need each other. And then the minute they are free, they decide they're going to just kind of be at, at odds with each other. Our father is a God of love and unity. God hates division or discord. He doesn't want his children to live in disunity. Do you hear that? He wants us to love one another, work together in ministry and be a family. He wants us to get along. He encourages us to live in peace toward one another. Any voice encouraging division within the body of Christ isn't God. Remember that. Please remember that. Number five, God's voice will never tell you to hate someone. Their sin, yes, but not them. And I've, I've said that to myself. Hate the sin, love the person. Hate the sin, love the person. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's tough to do. Believe me. Matthew 5, 44. Pray for those who persecute you. God won't tell you to hate someone because the Bible tells us to love our enemies as well as our neighbors. Thus, if you're hearing a voice encouraging you to hate, you can rest assured That voice doesn't belong to the Lord. So if it's not the Lord, who is it? Pretty scary, but not really. As long as we have faith and we know faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain, as long as we know where our faith is and our trust is and our protection, where our protection comes from, then we just rebuke and call out Jesus's name and safety will come. So again, I'm just going to do a small little summary for part one of this show and say that we need to really be discerning on, is this from the Lord? And we have questions we can ask ourselves that's going to help us make that tough decision sometimes. Because sometimes our, our thought process and the fun part is over here. But we know that by doing that, there's going to be effect, cause and effect. And sometimes those choices, is it really worth the devastation or the ripple effect of that five, 10, five days of fun. And, and I can say with wisdom now that, that no, it's not worth it. So thank you so much for listening for part one. We'll be back in a few minutes.
0: What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Fries discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma. SueFreeze.com. Have you
1: noticed more insects or rodents in your yard? Or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call Ecola now, eight seven seven three three two 332 bugs That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly.
0: E. cola 877-332-BUGS, termitelady.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze.
1: Thank you so much, E. termite and pest control services for sponsoring this show. I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful that Ecola has sponsored. And I just want to say to each and everyone listening right now that if you are in California, Southern California, Ecola is here to serve you. We do termite, we do pest control, we do insulation, rodent exclusion, and now we've got a mosquito program. Uh, we'd love to take care of you. Just give us a call and, uh, you know, we can talk to you about the situation and individualize the best solution for you. All right. So we're going to get right into this. You know, uh, part one was talking about how do you know it's from God? You know, when you're praying or when you're trying to make a tough decision and a choice, how do you discern? How do you make sure that the decision you're making is in the will of God? And so part one was talking about the first five, and and now I'm on number six, so I'm going to continue on with part two. So number six, in God's voice will never say someone can't be saved. Uh, in In review, I just want to... Um, go through and say that the first one is God's voice will never deny Jesus Christ number two God's voice will never demean nor demoralize you number three God's voice will never instruct you to sin number four God's voice will never cause division between brethren number five God's voice will never tell you to hate someone we can hate their sin but we don't hate the person and then number six I said God's voice will never say someone can't be saved Have you ever looked at a person's situation or their age and say that you you just gave up on them? You just gave up on them. You've tried and tried, or maybe it's your first attempt and the response back was just so, so negative and so harsh that um, you would say that they just can't be saved. You know, Jesus, good thing that Jesus doesn't think that. But he wants, he wants, you know, he will leave the flock for that one sheep. What if you were that sheep? He would leave for you, too. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Second Peter 3.9 Salvation is God's will for all mankind. The Muslim, Hindu, Atheist, Agnostic, Buddhist, etc. God wants everyone to come into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. He wants all of us to spend eternity in heaven with him. Thus, God's voice won't tell you someone can't be saved. We should continue to pray for our unsaved family and friends and strangers and even our enemies. Are we doing that? I find it difficult, but I've been doing it. I'm praying for my enemies. I wish I didn't have any enemies. I, I wish. And I, I don't think I have very many. But I do pray for them. Do you pray for yours? Number seven, God's voice will never tell you to doubt his will, his word, or his way. But he must ask in faith without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. James 1, 6 through 6-7 Doubt never comes from God. Remember when the serpent asked Eve, Indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. Satan uses the same tactic on us today. He wants us to question God's instructions. He wants us to doubt the Lord and disobey his voice. God's voice won't tell us to doubt him. Doubt is not a sin. What matters is how you respond to doubt. Indeed, God's voice will encourage us to trust in the Lord At all times, God's voice will encourage us to trust in the Lord at all times. That small, sweet, quiet voice when we are quiet and we're in the presence of the Lord, He will give us His voice and He will encourage us. Number eight, God's voice will never tell you to fear demons. Now, that is a really good one. That one is uh, very strong because, you know, demons are real. They are there. You know, it's not a cartoon. It's not just in the movies. Demons are real. But God is stronger, and we are victorious in Jesus' name. The battle has been won. But if we don't take charge of that and really believe in our heart, in our soul, that the battle's been won. There have been times when I felt weakened because I felt uh, vulnerable, so vulnerable, and and maybe in some cases defeated. And during those times, I realized that was not of the Lord. Yes, the Lord will allow us to get to lower places, because, you know, those lower places cause us to reach up. To reach up. And there was a saying I, I read, and I hope I'm not going to mess this up, that said that um, film develops better in the dark. You know, our pictures develop better in the dark, right? And sometimes in our darkness, in the darkness of the moment, is when victory can happen, when there's this aha moment, or we're so quiet in our dark time that we are listening more intently and we're reaching out to our Heavenly Father to speak to us, and we're in a position where maybe we can receive what he has. And I'm saying this from experience, from all emotion throughout my whole body right now because there's somebody hurting i'm sure there's more than one that is feeling like you're at the you're at the bottom of the bottom of the bottom and you just feel like there's no hope i just want you to know the holy spirit is with you right now and the lord is hurting right along with you And your life, it's going to get better. I promise you, the Lord promises you, it's going to get better. But we sometimes have to take one step at a time. Maybe even it's just one breath. One breath at a time. I'm hurting, but it's not me. It's the Holy Spirit in me that's hurting for you right now. And I can tell you that the Heavenly Father is grieving even more. And he wants so badly To wrap his loving arms around you and tell you it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. Hang in there. Hang in there. And if you wanna reach out to me, just go to Sufri, Spelt like fries when we're dot com. If you wanna reach out. I'm sad because you're sad, but you're not defeated. The devil wants you to feel isolated. He wants you to feel so alone. And so many of us are isolated because we're at home and we can't leave and do the things that we like to do. And it's so hard. So, our choice is where are we going to put our focus? Where are we going to put our focus right now? What do we have control over? Anything? To some degree taking a walk, eating better, maybe, I don't know. I just know that there's been times when i felt really in the deepest of deep, and I felt like I was in a tunnel, like in a cave, and every time I tried to step out, the dirt kept coming in on top of me. That's the way I felt. That was the visual that I got, and the only way I could explain it is every time I took any reach up, dirt fell down on me, and it was heavier and more than the time before. I didn't think at that time that I was going to ever get out of that hole. There were times when I felt like I had cement blocks. My feet were in cement blocks and I couldn't move. I was stuck, so stuck. And the only reason I tell you that is I don't want you to think sad for me because I'm thankful I went through that so that I can be on the radio right now and feel for you and with you and tell you that you will get through this. As long as there's breath, there's hope. As long as there's breath, there's hope. So take in another breath and just say the name of Jesus. And just keep saying the name of Jesus. Because the demons can't stay in the presence of Jesus. Do not fear those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell, Matthew 10:28. God will never tell Christians to fear demons. On the contrary, the Bible tells us that we should fear God. God alone deserves our reverence and awe. Christians who are walking in the will of God don't have any reason to be afraid of demons. But so any voice that encourages us to be fearful of demons isn't coming from the heart of God. I hope you're hearing this because this will give you hope. And I want you to feel the love of our Heavenly Father. Faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. If you're not feeling love, is there anybody you can give love to? If you're not receiving, then turn it around and give. There's a principle in that that works really well. I, I, I come from I have to do. I have to do because that's just me. I'm, I'm a doer. And whether it's thinking, praying, physical action, whatever your gift is. Think about the positive movement in the direction of our Heavenly Father, and you'll get through this. Number nine, God's voice will never tell you to disobey godly authority. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. Can you think of anybody right now in the news, in Facebook, that this would apply to? Romans 13, 1, 2. We may not like nor enjoy godly authority, but we should obey it nonetheless. The key here is the word godly. Whether that authority is your spouse, your employer, or church leadership, we should obey. God won't tell you to ignore your spouse, employer, or church leadership unless they require you to do something illegal, immoral, or sinful. Number 10, God's voice will never tell you that he doesn't love you. Did you hear that? He is never going to tell you that he doesn't love you. People might in actions or in words, but God's not going to tell you that. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. First John 416. For many years, I struggled with the knowledge that God loved me. I couldn't understand how a holy and just God could love a wretch like me. I was convinced there was something I had to do to earn his love. And it seemed like every time I thought I was earning his love, the bar was raised and I worked harder to win his love. I soon realized I believed Satan's lies. God loves us despite our flaws, weaknesses, and even our sin. God loves us through it all. Any voice telling you that God doesn't love you is a lying voice. That voice doesn't belong to God. And my side note is, don't listen to that. Don't accept it. Rebuke it in Jesus' precious name. God is calling his children into a relationship with himself. We have an open invitation to commune with him. Thus, it is our advantage that we learn to discern his voice, Continue studying the Bible and praying. God will speak with you, and you will learn his voice. Did you know that you have direct access to God? This is another one from Rick Warren. Love it. Come as living stones and let yourselves be used in building the spiritual temple, where you will serve as holy priests to offer spiritual and acceptable sacrifices to God through Jesus Christ. 1 Peter two, five. Number one. Priests did two things. They had the right privilege and responsibility to go directly to God. They could pray and talk to God, worship and fellowship with God. Everybody else had to go through the priests. Number two, the priests had a privilege and responsibility of representing God to the people and ministering to the needs of other people, meaning serving. Those are the very two things that are true of you when you become a believer, The Bible says that when Jesus died on the cross, there was a veil in the temple that separated the holy from the holies, where God's spirit was from where man was. Only priests could go behind that veil once a year. When Jesus died on the cross, God ripped that veil about 70 feet from top to bottom, symbolizing that there no longer was a barrier There's no longer a barrier. It's not only the chosen few that get to have this relationship with God. It's you. You get to have a relationship with God. I get a relationship with God. We are the only ones that will hold us away from that. We are the ones that separate us. It's not God separating from us. It's us separating from him. So think about where you are in your relationship. He has not moved away. So then it has to be you. So what can you do about it? Something, I'm sure. You now have direct access to God. You don't have to pray through anybody else. You don't have to confess through anybody else. You don't have to fellowship with God through anybody else. Read your Bible, talk with the Lord, and fellowship directly with him. You have also been gifted for ministry to serve other people. Every Christian is a minister, not a pastor, but a minister, Anytime you use your talents and gifts to help others, you are ministering. Think about that. We are all, you are a minister, I'm a minister. We're all ministering to one another. Where are your gifts? Use them. You know what they are. You might not think you do, but you do. The Bible says, for God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because... That was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. One of the reasons God saved you is so you could serve him and serve others. How do you know what your ministry is? Look at your talents, gifts, and abilities. When you use those talents, gifts to help other people, that's called ministry. Nothing fancy or scary about it. It's just helping others. Remember before when I was talking about, you know, those things that you're good at, you enjoy? It's the same type of thing with your gifts. It comes easy, more natural to you than things that are not your gifts. So just look at the things that come easy to you, things you enjoy doing, because that's probably the purpose and and the gifts that God gave you for a reason. Can you serve God in a sales office? Yes, you can. Can you serve God as an accountant? Of course, Driving a truck, absolutely. Anytime you're helping other people in God's name, you're ministering. Talk it over. Why is having direct access to God significant? How is that making a difference in your life and ministry? Direct access to God, significant. I can't even imagine not having direct access to my Heavenly Father. There was a time in my life, can I just be real with you right now, where I felt unworthy because of decisions and choices that I had made. Young, early on, some that were my choices and some that were choices from other people that affected me negatively. And either way, it made me feel unlovable. It made me feel unworthy to receive whatever anybody had for me. So I would do things to just make it worse. I would shun Uh, relationships I would shun um, closeness and vulnerability and I would put on a face saying it's showtime folks and I'd put a smile on my face when down deep I was bleeding my heart was just like stabbed and I was bleeding but I acted like everything was fine can anybody relate and it wasn't until I reached such a level of dismay such a level of like I described, you know, the tunnel, the the hole where I'm trying to climb out. And the more I tried to climb out, the more the dirt kept coming on top of me to where I felt there was no use trying anymore. I lost all hope. I lost all faith. And I was unworthy. And I had no reason for being. What a sad state of affairs. And that was not God. That was not God talking to me. That was the other party, the other side, telling me that I was unworthy. I'm telling you this because I want you to relate if you can relate if this if this is hitting home even a little bit. There's hope. And it's in Jesus. It's when I had a moment to where I heard a radio show and I picked up the phone and I made that call and I ended up going to this place where I got to spend time with my heavenly father and learn who I was in him. And that he died. He sent his son to die in my place. Even as bad as I was, as unworthy as I was, he valued me enough to send his son in my place. And when I totally grasped that is when change, life change happened for me. I, I cried, I cried, I cried. Because I had no idea that my life My little life mattered. And listener, let me just tell you right now that your life matters. Your life matters. And no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter what people have said about you or to you, Jesus loves you and he wants you to be part of his family. And he wants you to understand just how special you are. If you can, I want you to just say a little prayer and ask him into your heart. And it doesn't have to be any magical, biblical, anything, just your words. All you have to do is just speak out to him out loud. Out loud. Do it out loud because you need to hear you say it. You could even just not be out loud. But it's better if you do it out loud and just ask him to come and just be with you and reveal to you his love, his presence. And start this relationship with him. But see, he is a gentleman. He is not going to snatch you. He gave you freedom of choice because he doesn't want to force himself on you he doesn't want to force anything he wants you to choose him that's why we have freedom of choice and you have the ability to choose him when i come in here and i'm i'm saying lord what do you want me to talk about and you know i pray about it and spend a little time and talk to my assistant about you know this and that and this is what came to my head and can you get me some things on it and And she does, and it's amazing how it all works out. So I'm going to read because this is today's uh, piece from Jesus Calling. Rest in my presence when you need refreshment. Resting is not necessarily idleness as people often perceive it. When you relax in my company, you are demonstrating trust in me. Trust is a rich word. Many people turn away from me when they are exhausted. They associate me with duty and diligence. So they try to hide from my presence when they need a break from work. How this saddens me as I spoke through my prophet Isaiah in returning to me and resting in me, you shall be saved in quietness and trust shall be your strength. Proverbs 3, 5, lean on, trust in and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. Be a blessing to someone each and every day and listen, your life matters. Your life matters. Take another breath. Take another step. Take a shower. Get yourself up and just move. God bless you. Until next week.
0: Bye. Ah, it's that time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home—your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli termite and pest control services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects.